You're listening to the Tennis.com Podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey everyone from the tri-state area, I am Ed McGrogan in Connecticut. I'm talking with Steve Tigner in Manhattan. Neither of us are out in Flushing Meadows, Queens, and that's because Tuesday, day nine, has been rained out. Uh, the rain was expected, and it started this morning. It persisted throughout the afternoon, early afternoon, and the forecast looked pretty bleak um, from then on, and it really could extend into tomorrow as well. So we really don't know when this delay is going to lift itself. And uh, in, in saying that, Steve, I wanted to kind of talk about what the players are presented with with this you know, new condensed schedule that's going to have to occur here, especially uh, the men who are only in the fourth round. Uh, what they're going to do tomorrow, um, assuming the play goes off without a hitch, is that um, four fourth-round men's matches, both men's quarters, and four all four women's quarters. Um, you want to just – and when I think about that, I think about how much of a possible disadvantage that the men who are still around behind are going to have to face and consequently the advantage that you know, the quarterfinalists, that's Federer, Sanga, Djokovic, and Tipsarovic have in potentially you know, taking advantage of this and maybe – making it into a really deep run, of course. Yeah, I think Federer is the first guy you have to look at. He barely squeaked through at midnight last night. It was raining a few miles north of Fleshy Meadows, but it didn't rain there. So he got through in a hurry against Monaco. The problem for him is now he has to play Joe Wilfred Sanga, so that's no, that's no bargain. But he does avoid uh, having to play that match tomorrow. Um, so yeah, then you look at people like Nadal, Ferrer, Roddick, Andy Murray, the the guy, the higher seeds there. They're going to want to take care of those matches as quickly as they can. So that's a little extra pressure. You know, they don't think that way, but but um, they're going to have to go back to back three out of five set matches at some point. Um, you know, it's rare when somebody has to do that a couple times or once or a couple times that they they get through and win the tournament. Yeah, at a minimum, it's going to be. Um, fourth round Wednesday, quarterfinal Thursday. This is for, let's say, the bottom half's finalist. They'll be playing four best-of-five set matches in five days, and that's, again, assuming that there's no further weather disturbances. So you know, to me, when you mentioned Federer as well, it's not, it's not that uh, Federer is, needs the rest because of age or anything. I don't think that's an issue at all, but it, it's certainly any benefit that, that he can get going forward. I think... Um, and, and last night against against Monaco, you know, Monaco is obviously no, um, you know, nothing compared to the guys that he's going to be facing immediately, starting with Sanga, and then likely Djokovic if he wins that. But um, for what it's worth, Federer did look about as dominant as I've seen him in quite some time last night against Sanga. I just I just came away a little bit thinking that at this guy's best, um, you know, his best could still be, in my opinion, better than. Nadal or Djokovic's best, but I just, you know, the consistency is not there compared to those two. Oh, yeah. Monaco is not the right guy to judge. Yeah. He can, yeah. And each day is new. Um, the one, I'm going back to the four out of five days, the famous in, uh, instance of that is Juan Carlos Ferrero in 2003. He had to do that, and he really had nothing left for the final because, you know, you still have to do that back to back Saturday, Sunday final. And he lost badly to Andy Roddy. He probably would have lost that match anyway, but he really had nothing left. Yeah, well, it's it's going to be a very tricky uh, situation for kind of all involved. Um, and like I said, the women's, uh, they're going to have all four quarterfinals played tomorrow. Um, that includes 
Wozniacki, Petkovic, um, Serena's playing Pavlyuchenkova, and we have uh, Zvonareva, Stozer in the bottom half, and then Panetta and Kerber in the sort of on the uh, the hidden other quarterfinal there. Um, one thing I should mention to people who are going is that there's probably going to be some of these matches played on grandstand actually too because they they got to get everything in possible and uh, it's c- quite an opportunity at this stage of the tournament to see a match you know on that venue and all these you know non super stadium venues. But talking about the women's seeds, I do I just wanted to, was thinking about the we're at the quarterfinals, eight players left and. You know, the only two of the top eight seeds that are left are Wozniacki and Zvonareva, two of probably the more maligned ones up there, considering, you know, we have Sharapova, French Open champion Lee Nock, Kvitova, not counting Serena, of course, but I feel like this is actually a pretty big opportunity for those two to maybe right the ship, um, assuming they can, you know, escape Serena in some way. Yeah, it's usually, the, you know, the summer, it never really tells you what's going to happen at the Open. Marty Fish had a great summer. And he went down pretty tamely yesterday in the last two sets against Sanga. Wozniacki and Zvonareva haven't had great years, but here they are still surviving. Zvonareva seems to me to have the biggest... Zvonareva and Stoser, the, the player she plays in the quarters, have a big opportunity because they, the winner of that would face the winner of Kerber and Panetta and would have to be pretty heavily favored. That's, a, you know, that's an interesting match because Zvonareva is the second seed and the more accomplished player than Stoser, but Stoser's beaten her seven straight times. So that... That to me is an intriguing matchup, and the, and the the winner should, on paper, make the final. On the other side, Wozniacki and Petkovic is an interesting match. Petkovic beat her earlier in the year, but Wozniacki must feel a little bit of confidence after coming back last night. The problem there is, the winner of that match faces Serena, a pretty strong roadblock that you can't you can't really look past, you know, past Serena, assuming Serena beats Pavlyuchenkova. Yeah, I was gonna, I was going to ask a little about Wozniacki too from last night's. That was another super late match, as it turned out, backed up by the Fish Sangha five setter, and this match went three hours. Um, for Wozniacki, you you take a lot more. Um, she was down a set in four one, I believe there, and uh, kind of weathered the storm, I guess, from Kuznetsov. I think she was clearly in her vintage form. It's at points just you know uncorking. Throw the down the line forehand and some really just incredible backhand winners there, and, and um, you know Wozniacki fights that off and really just kind of lets Kuznetsova sort of fizzle at the end after she came out firing there. I think one thing you could say everybody's picking Serena and she is the the right pick, but Wozniacki has the type of game that can that that can give Serena trouble just because she would get enough balls back that Serena might miss. Wozniacki's had some success against Serena in the past, uh, not fantastic success but they've played some close matches um so she could be a person who who might um who might be a little tricky for serena but also what pekovic is is a strong opponent in this next round i don't know how much you can take away from from her from wozniacki's match with kuznetsova kuznetsova did the same thing against her two years ago at the u.s open was up a set in four one and imploded so that you know that's as much kuznetsova as it is wozniacki Let's let's kind of close here with a look at the the bottom half of the men's draw here, where there's still a lot of possibilities as to where this could go. Um, you have Mandal and Murray, of course, still remaining. Uh, Ferrer at number five, he plays Roddick. Um, Murray gets Donald Young. Nadal gets Jill Muller, a very familiar opponent to him. And then Isner and Simone is the other match there, and 
when we did our editor's picks before this event started, uh, you gave Isner uh, your dark horse tab there. And with Fish gone and um, Roddick with a, you know, I think a very tough matchup against Ferrer. I'm actually, actually went on and picked Ferrer on that one. I think it's a very close call, basically a pick him, but I just ended up kind of going with the more consistent guy there. Um, but Isner, you know, he gets Simone, of course, a very difficult match in its own right. Simone just beat Del Potro. But um, Isner, talk about, you know, your thoughts on really his chances because he does have a, a, you know, a real chance of getting to the final four here if things go his way. Yeah, he's the guy that people aren't really talking about. We talked about Fish, and now we're talking about Donald Young. But Isner has the biggest weapon, obviously, with the serve. He he seems to like these long marathon U.S. Open matches. He thrives in those over on Armstrong. Simon is, you know, I don't think he's, I think it's a good opponent for Isner. He's a guy he can, he can push around on his serve a little bit um, and who won't hurt him too much on, you know, on his serve, I guess it'll all come down to the tiebreakers. But um, so you know, I think he's he's just such a tough guy for these guys to beat. He's not a he doesn't look like anything special, Isner, most of the time. But but he's tough to get past. Um, you know, even for somebody like Murray, in the, if they play in the next round, that's that's just a tough, a tough sort of um, lottery type of tiebreaker filled match. As far as Roddick and Ferrer, I would take Ferrer as well, even though Roddick's been playing well. We know he likes the U.S. Open um, night match. That w- that was going to be a night match. But if you look at the last time they played, that was also in front of an even more partisan uh, U.S. crowd in Davis Cup. Maybe you could say that Ferrer cared more about that match than he would this, but Ferrer beat him in straight sets. So, you know, that's a very tough match uh, and very tough for the winner to most likely get Nadal. Yeah, and I wonder if, if Roddick does happen to get through that Ferrer match, if you know, I would never... I, don't, I would never pick Roddick over Nadal, really, but uh, with with that kind of victory under his belt that Roddick has really been kind of looking for all year, it's been such a such a poor year for him overall by his standards that um, you know that could make that one certainly a lot more interesting if if that actually happened there. Yeah, Roddick has always done a little better than Nadal than maybe you would think. He he beat him in Cubis game last year, and they played. He had him down. Um, in London at the end of the year, Nadal kind of snuck through that in the second set tiebreaker. But um, Andy, you know, Andy has played Rafa well, and you throw in the perhaps the night crowd, and and you got to get you know you want probably give him a little more of a shot than you normally would. Last one here, I can actually we, we I'll leave I'll leave with the the marquee quarterfinal of the bunch, and that's Federer Sanga and um, Sanga. He uh, has the win over. You know, I I always say that uh, no, I always say it. it's just it's it's of course going to be an incredible challenge to beat a five-time champion. It is at the Grand Slam that he won those five titles at. Except that Sanga did that to Federer at Wimbledon, where he's won six times, and he did it from two sets down. And then of course he just followed up that win with another win over Federer uh, in the summer hardcourt swing in Montreal. Uh, we'll, we'll close with this. Just your thoughts on this. Um, Definitely the pick of the quarterfinals. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't think Federer wanted this one. He would, I'm sure, he would be unhappy to lose three straight times to Joe Wilfred Songa in one summer. Um, Songa seems confident, and Songa seems confident at the end of matches these days. Like you said, he came back from two sets down to Federer at Wimbledon, and he came back from two sets to one down against the home favorite Marty Fish, and he he, he won. You know, going away, he looked strong. He hasn't always looked strong in fifth sets. And in the past, Federer historically has 
when he's had to get revenge, it's been it's been sort of hit and miss. He, you know, he you would think he'll he would come out and put a beat down on a guy who just beat him. Sometimes that happens with somebody like Robin Soderling. Other times that hasn't happened with somebody like Kanye. Uh, and so, he's never he, and he's rarely been able to do it against Nadal at all, actually. Yeah. yeah. So. So yeah, I don't think that's you know I don't think that is necessarily in his favor. The idea of him getting getting back at Songe, I don't think he thinks of it that way. But sometimes I think he gets it in his. A, a person like that could get in could get in Federer's head. I think it's a I think that's a toss up. Federer obviously played a great match last night. And he loves these courts. Yeah, well, that's probably the uh, the night match if it happens tomorrow, and uh, we'll keep you in touch with the weather and all the developments on tennis.com to check back in. For Steve Tigner, I am Ed McGrogan. Thanks for listening. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.